0: Good morning. Um, Nice to see you guys and welcome to Second Advent at the Bridge. Uh, I'm going to be doing the Lectio and moving straight into um, communion from there. So um, if you don't have your communion uh, elements together, you might want to grab those now. Um, Mary's song, the Magnificat, is um, an interesting and dynamic message to drop into the middle of this Advent season. What I want to do this morning is use a couple of lines from the song for our Lectio and then move directly to communion from there. Uh, But first a quick heads up on the point of this song. This song is not just religious or spiritual. This song has a really powerful social and political overtone. The message is one of a great role reversal and a social, economic, and political revolution. The immediate context points to the oppressive Roman Empire, but it's not just that. This message is for all times and all people, including us. So as I read these few lines uh, for this selectio, listen to the way Mary prophesies that Jesus will meet the needs of the poor, okay? My spirit celebrates God, my liberator. God has noticed me. God's mercy flows in wave after wave. God's loving kindness endures. Those who are humble and lowly, God has elevated with dignity. The hungry, God is filled with fine food. Those are all prophecies of what Jesus would do and does. So I'll read this once again. And this time, let's consider which of these acts of God you might like to engage the poor with during Advent. My spirit celebrates God, my liberator. God has noticed me. God's mercy flows in wave after wave. God's love and kindness endures. Those who are humble and lowly, God has elevated with dignity. The hungry, God is filled with fine food. I would encourage you, these are not the kind of things Um, that cost you money to participate in. These are the kind of things that cost something of your heart and your soul. And I would encourage you to participate um, with the poor during this Advent season. We're going to move into, into the communion table and we're reminded that this is the table of Jesus Christ. This communion banquet is prepared for everyone. All who seek to be nourished and sustained in the journey of faith, all who seek wholeness and compassionate paths to peace and justice are welcome here. So let's pray. Blessed are you, breath of peace, giver of all life, source of love that knows no boundaries. Your song of wisdom rang out before the world began. Throughout the ages, your song of liberation has impregnated us with your hope for a world where those considered last and least are first and most. Violence is overcome by the power of your ancient love and all siblings work together for peace. You bring our longings to birth and send prophets to awaken us to your approaching advent among us. We thank you for those who, like Mary, have the strength and courage to give birth to your love in the world. For those who, like the shepherds, Dare to seek out the child of Bethlehem. For those who, like the wise ones, actively challenge violent and oppressive powers. We praise you that your everlasting light is shown to us in womb and tomb, in cradle and cross, in tenderness and compassion. We join you in the Advent prayer of all your people, O come Emmanuel, amen. From the time of his birth until the day Jesus died was a very short period of time, but in his lifetime, more specifically his ministry years, he did demonstrate the words that Mary sang about him. And so this morning we will lift our cups and eat the bread that reminds us of Jesus's life and sacrifice. And we gratefully receive the life that we find in it. So take and eat,
1: take and drink, and do this in remembrance of Christ. And I'm just going to pray
0: for Sarah before she um, comes and speaks to us this morning. Jesus, you um, are keenly aware of how much it costs Sarah just to show up, never mind prepare a sermon and um, deliver it to us. Today, I ask Jesus that, Um, what she has drained from her cup that you would fill it up and that you would not just fill up what it has cost her but that it would overflow today for her we bless her for all that she brings to us and we all declare that we love her amen amen
2: Amen. thank you very much Um, i'm just going to leave eden there for a second because um this morning she sent me a text That said, um, praying for you this morning that you keep it simple and don't spend too much of yourself with a side eye emoji. She's very clever and very funny because today our subject for Advent is spend less. And that just made me laugh. If you ever get into a text conversation with Eden, it is impossible to have the last word. Yes. (laughs) And she is uh, like her gift game is strong. So I would recommend just getting into a uh, A text back and forward, because it's just hilarious. Anyway, we'll let her go. Um, Would it be wrong to spend all my energy for you this morning? Yes and no. Uh, But on balance, I'm okay with it, because it's important. I'm gonna rest this afternoon, and when I go to sleep, I will bank a bit more energy for the people we have coming over this evening. Uh, Spending less is about right spending. Uh, It's about spending where it counts. It's about spending where it will help and not hurt. And while the subject is spend less, it could equally be spend well. Spending less or spending well has to do with how we treat people, including ourselves. And it has to do with how we treat the planet. And it isn't necessarily all about money. It could be about energy. It could be about time. You know that whole work-life balance thing people always talk about. Well, I don't think that is actually a thing because work and life are all on the same side of the scale.
1: Mm.
2: Um, work, life, play, and rest—they're all on the same side. We only get one way to spend it, and wherever we choose to spend, we're spending. Whether we spend it on work, we spend it on life, we spend it on play, we spend it on whatever. We're spending it. This is uh, this is the life that we have. How we decide to spend it. Uh, is made in the decisions that we make every day where your treasure is Jesus says there your heart will be too if we flip that around it says where your heart is that's where your treasure shows up your treasure being your resources your time your energy and also your money Consider how you might spend well is basically my whole message today. I'm going to talk more about money than I do about energy or time, but feel free to apply it in any of those treasure houses. They're all like pots that we have of treasure that we can get to choose how we spend. I could easily go off on one today because these things are really important. Uh, And at the same time, I need to remember that this is an Advent message. So we need to anchor it in Jesus and start with Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus comes to walk life with us. We're going to light the second Advent candle. I don't know if you can see the first one. Oh, yeah, you kind of can. Okay, so I'm going to light the second. Light the second.
1: Oh, come on.
2: I pre-lit that candle so that it wouldn't do that to me, but it did it anyway. Um, Jesus, you came and you are coming, and you are here. We remember you this morning, and we ask that you would come and show us how to spend well, to spend well to help in the kingdom come work that you've given us to do here on earth in this time and in the places that we find ourselves. Amen. I am gonna try sharing some slides at the same time. Let's see how this works. Okay, I'm hoping you can still you can see that you can see the no yes this first Christmas thing you can see that one okay and um, the first Christmas was pretty simple and it's okay if yours is too Advent Advent was a season oh man that's complicated there's too many buttons I'm not going to do that again uh, Advent is a season of preparing our homes for Christmas There are things to decorate, there's food to buy, presents to wrap, space to get ready for guests, maybe, hopefully, COVID allowing. But it's also about getting our hearts ready too. It can be an opportunity to orient our hearts towards your kingdom come, your will be done. As we extend love and mercy and hospitality to those around us. But doesn't everything feel a bit much this year? There is a lot going on, both in our immediate community and in the wider world beyond. There really is a lot Anyone with even a hint of empathy is wearing this pretty heavy. Karen nods and smiles. (laughs) The tweet that I read a tweet this week that says, there's a constant struggle between, I should probably be more informed about current events and I would like to be a functional human being with at least a vague will to live. Uh Let me read that again. Uh, There's a constant struggle right now between I should probably be more informed about current events and I would like to be a functional human being with at least a vague will to live. A number of people I have spoken to in this, uh, in this season are living in that tension. So let's just take a second to notice and acknowledge that tension. If we can't be real in church, where can we be? Hmm. Although I know there are churches where you actually can't be real and you need to dress up and put on a smiley face. But here at the bridge, if you need permission to do so, feel free to be real. Be you, be your whole self. Oh, I feel that might be a discussion for another time. But anyway, back to this moment. Is there a situation or a group of people or an individual that is immediately in front and center in your mind when I say that it's a lot right now? Just hold them in your mind. I'm gonna ask a few questions. If you have a candle of your own, you might wanna look at that or you can look at the advent candles I've got lit lit here. As we take a moment to notice, acknowledge and just give it all to Jesus. So Jesus, what should we do with this person, people, or this situation?
1: How can we help? How should we pray? Could we just, could we just leave it with you? I wonder if it's ours to carry in the first place.
2: Will you please help? Lord, have mercy. And I encourage you for the rest of this time to try and just put it down for a short while, because it is a lot to carry. And Jesus's arms are bigger, stronger, broader, wider, everything than ours. Um, there is a lady on Instagram called Meredith Miller. Um, her handle on Instagram, if you want to follow her, is at Meredith Ann Miller. I often repost her thoughts about children on our stories uh, on the bridge because um, they are really insightful. She's a worthy follower if you use Instagram. Earlier this week, she posted this. Christmas is not here to offer a four-week escape from the pain of the world with a paper-thin layer of twinkle lights. It is not here to anesthetize us with bows and eggnog lattes. Christmas is not offering us the chance to escape the ache of life through piles of presents. Christmas is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, it's too sad. Yes, the ache is too great, but hang on. I'll come carry it with you. I got through that without crying. That's the first time I've done that, as I've read that out loud. Christmas is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, it's too sad. Yes, the ache is too great. But hang on, I'll come carry it with you. Whenever anything gets too much, too sad or too achy for you, remember that we carry it together in community and Jesus carries everything with us. Two years ago, remember in the before times? (laughs) You remember 2019, as we were coming up to Christmas, blissfully unaware of all that was ahead. Uh, this sermon would have seemed way more countercultural than it will appear today. The world and Christmas looks very different in 2021 than it did in, even in 2020. And it's a lot different. I mean, like, unrecognizably different than it did in 2019, the before times. I feel like there should be like a dun-dun-dun, the before times. Uh, This year, we have shipping containers backed up at ports all around the world. We have a lack of dock workers, truck drivers, and a very strained global supply chain. Local to this part of BC, we've been dealing with flooding and multiple road closures that have exacerbated the supply chain issues for us. We had the heat dome that wreaked havoc on Christmas tree farmers and turkey farmers. And so buying gifts and getting what we need for Christmas might take a little bit more thought and planning and deliberation and consider- some consideration even of, is this really what we need? And perhaps this is the year to normalize secondhand as perfectly acceptable. The topic for this week as we go through the Advent Conspiracy book is spend less. And we'll just focus for a minute on the money part of that. But like I said, apply it to time, apply it to energy, these things all work. It's just, I didn't have a long enough sermon to be able to do all three. Um, Spending less, they say in the book, does not mean spending nothing. Rather, we strive to thoughtfully evaluate what we support with our spending. And we allow our spending to support products, people, and causes that are worthy of being supported. We will spend, but the important thing is to think about where and how and on whom we will spend. Here's a few holiday shopping stats. Um, Holiday shopping stats from 2020 revealed that the pandemic caused many Canadian shoppers to be more mindful of their spending. However, Canadians still intended to drop an estimated $588 on presents during the 2020 holiday season. Slightly higher than the year before when the average was 583 and that was them being mindful in 2020 just five dollars made a difference Uh, but the overall christmas spending was an estimated so that's like spending on everything to do with christmas was one thousand two hundred and seventy six dollars per person that seems a lot there must be people who are spending a lot of money if that's a bell curve and that's the average like there must be people who are spending a ton of money to be at one thousand two hundred and seventy six dollars per person So the challenge in this part of the advent conspiracy to all of us, wherever we are on that curve of holiday spending is to spend less and to choose how we spend so that we spend well. Because spend less is a little bit ambiguous. Does it mean to spend less than the next person? Does it mean to spend less than the average person? Does it mean to spend less than you did last year? Probably yes and no to all of that. I think the thing is, if we're asking the question, then we'll be more mindful about our spending and not just spend on autopilot. The challenge is to think about balancing our needs and desires with the needs in our communities and the rest of the world. There was an article in the Beyond publication from UBC uh, uh, on November 23rd uh, by a lady called Carolyn Alley. And this is fresh and relevant. So I think it's probably important as a subject particularly this year, but also as a way forward as we think about globalization, travel costs, carbon footprints, manufacturing emissions, and the cost of extraction and what that demands from the earth, etc. cetera. Um, the Bridges' tagline is loving God by loving what God loves. People often say, why do we have that? Why don't we say just loving people? I'm like, well, because actually God loves everything. And the way we love God is to do the same. It means we love God by loving every person, place and created thing. And as people who do that, we should be asking ourselves the questions. Is this resource or person or place or thing ours to use and consume? Or is it ours to conserve and protect? Is it ours to respect and live in connection with? We need to live sustainable lives all the time. But right now, let's see how we might live sustainable lives in a holiday context. I learned uh, from the UBC article that the phrase reduce, reuse and recycle is a list of words arranged in hierarchical order. It's not just a random order because it sounds better that way. And I think it might help us to think about spending less or maybe spending well to understand what reduce, reuse and recycle actually means. So reduce, and this one comes first. Uh, means to not buy the thing in the first place or buy less of it. To so ask yourself if you really do need it or does the person you are buying for really need it? Is this purchase going to benefit the person who made it? Is it a sustainable purchase when you think about our planet's resources? Heavy subject, but reduce, there's the first one. Uh, my dad is gonna be right-sizing early next year so we were talking about Christmas last time we chatted and he just said, please don't give me stuff. I do not need more to pack and move or to have to try and get rid of in order to move. So I was like, so well, how can I do Christmas for you, dad? When like, I'm all this way over here. What do I, how do I, what? And he's like, well, you could send me something to eat. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a cunning plan. So uh, my, my plan is to get him a food gift that he can eat or share with my brother and stepbrother at Christmas time. And in this gift, I reduce the amount of stuff for him and instead get him something that he needs. There might be other ways that you can reduce what you buy for somebody by giving them an experience rather than a thing. It's hard to do that from a distance, but. Um, So then, okay, so reduce comes first and then reuse. If you have to buy it, is it something that can be used more than once? Can it be repurposed to use in more than one way? Is there something maybe second hand that be given, can be given to someone else to get use from so that we're not drawing again on an, another new resource? We're actually pulling something that's already out there. Um, so last year I was given um, an Alexa. I'll say that quietly because she might be listening. An Alexa. Um, but I already had one in my bedroom. So I put it in my office. So this second one. This year, Steve and my offices got combined in the same space. So I don't need that second one. It would confuse her to have mine and Steve's in the same place. She gets confused enough as it is. Uh, So um, I have one to give away. So someone on my list is getting a secondhand but perfectly great gift from me because I have this thing and it's better that I don't buy another, but I actually just give it to somebody else, pass it on. Can we normalize re-gifting and not make it a thing that we frown on? Mm. Like if you've got something you don't need that you can pass to somebody else, give it away. Perhaps we can learn to see regifting as actually a great way of not putting more products out there, but use what we have already made. Okay, and then recycling. Okay, this is the last resort. Okay, so uh, reduce, reuse, recycle. Okay, last resort. Things are not necessarily as recycled as we think they are. We kind of virtuously slip things into our blue bins, thinking, well, at least I'm not putting it in landfill. But where does that stuff go? Is it actually being recycled, or is it just being shipped somewhere else to become landfill for somebody else? I don't have a Christmas story about recycling, but um, I do have a thought. Maybe we could wrap in things that aren't immediately put in the recycle bin, or uh, in the case of ribbon, straight in the garbage. Maybe we could wrap in tea towels, or bed sheets, or pillows, or a shirt even, like that one comes with handy arms to tie things with. they, they would make great wrapping paper and they just go in the washing machine and back in the closet rather than in the recycling. Because mm-hmm. recycling isn't what we think it is. Um, I looked up, uh, there's a website called Waste Reduction Week in Canada um, and they have a week in October every year. We should maybe get on board with it next year and see what we can do. Uh, so um, listen to these plastic facts. Nearly 700 species of marine animals are threatened because of ocean waste. Nearly three billion, three billion single-use plastic bags are used in Canada each year. What the heck? This is stats from this year. Canadians throw away approximately 57 million single-use plastic straws every day. That's more than 20 billion every year. Again, I think it's like that bell curve. There must be somebody using a heck of a lot of straws because I can't remember the last time I used one. One million plastic bottles are bought around the world every minute. Oh, gosh! It's estimated that less than 11% of plastics are recycled in Canada, similar to the global rate of about 9%. 11%. Um, 8 million metric tons of plastic enters the Earth's oceans annually. 40% of plastic is generated for packaging. 8.3 billion metric tons of plastic has been generated across the world since the 1950s, and only 9% of that has been recycled. On that last one again, 8.3 billion metric tons of plastic has been generated across the world since the 1950s and only 9% has been recycled. This is why recycle comes at the bottom of that list. It's shocking and it should make us think about doing things differently to help our planet. Thinking about this helps us to love God by loving what God loves. Reduce, reuse, recycle in that order. Back to Christmas?. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> OK, I told you it was a lot. Hand it over to Jesus again. Um, how does this work at Christmas time? The heart of the Advent conspiracy is more than just an invitation to say no to overspending. It's an invitation to a new way of celebrating Christmas. I think it's about modeling our lives on Jesus' self-giving and wonder-filled life, the manual "God with us." Next week, Casey is going to talk about giving more, so I'm not going to steal from his subject. But have it in the back of your mind as you think of spending less or spending well. I'm sorry, all this talk about using and consuming is not doesn't sound like much good news, because it isn't. But in case you're worrying about how you can possibly do this with the pressures of the season and the expectations from other people, let's just go back to Jesus and lean into him, because he is good news. Jesus, it says, uh, taught with authority, which means he didn't just talk it, he walked it. Uh, He didn't just teach stuff and live differently. He actually uh, lived as he taught. So just listen to what he says in Matthew. Um, This is chapter six. Jesus says, so let me tell you, don't worry about your life, what you eat, what to drink. Don't worry about your body, what to wear. There's more to life than food. There's more to the body than a suit of clothes. Have a good look at the birds in the sky. They don't plant seeds. They don't bring in the harvest. They don't store things in barns and your father in heaven feeds them. Think how different you are to them. Can any of you add 15 inches to your height just by worrying about it? And why worry about what to wear? Take a tip from the lilies in the countryside. They don't work, they don't weave. But let me tell you, not even Solomon in all his finery was dressed as well as one of these. So if God gives that sort of clothing even to the grass in the field, which is here today and on the bonfire tomorrow, isn't he going to clothe you too, you little faith lot? So don't worry away with your what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? Those are all the kinds of things that the Gentiles fuss about and your heavenly father knows you need them all. Instead, make your top priority God's kingdom and his way of life. And all these things will be given to you as well. So don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus says, tomorrow can worry about itself. One day's trouble at a time is quite enough. So we're like, Jesus must actually not have worried. Like if that's what he was teaching and he taught with authority, like teaching what he lived, he must have not been a worrier. Have you noticed that Jesus was basically a pretty happy person? Sure, there's this man of sorrows stuff. And he had moments of agony at Gethsemane and tears at Lazarus's grave. And I love those moments for his humanity. But for the most part, you find Jesus eating with his friends, talking on the way, telling stories and being present to the moment. Jesus's suggestion that we quit worrying about things must flow from the heart of a man who didn't. And I wanna lean into that. I want for us this season to lean into him and his ease of presence back to Meredith's poem Christmas is God saying yes this pain is too much yes it's too sad yes the ache is too great but hang on I'll come carry it with you Mm -hmm. Jesus is God saying yes it's a lot yes it's hard yes the ache is great yes this season is pressure filled but wait hang on I am here to carry it all with you and when Jesus tells us to make God's kingdom a priority, um, N.T. writes says this about that. He says, um, he's not talking about a God who is distant from the world, who doesn't care about beauty and life and food and clothes. He's talking about the creator himself, who has filled the world with wonderful and mysterious things, full of beauty and energy and excitement, and who wants his human creatures above all to trust him and love him and receive their own beauty, energy and excitement from him. Jesus liked a good party. I am sure that he will revel in our celebrations of his birthday. Perhaps he'll even bring the best wine. But our challenge is to celebrate without putting the extra cost on ourselves, on others, or on the planet. But maybe our spending, if we're spending well, could actually help. Perhaps we might spend less, except where we should spend more. And perhaps that's how we spend well. When we buy from a small business or an independent artist or a fair trade organization or some such, we can end up spending more, but our money is going somewhere that it will help someone directly Mm -hmm. who doesn't already have a billion more than they could possibly need. We might wanna be intentional about where we buy from and do a bit of research into products and purchases. Asking these questions will help stimulate conversations that might lead to thoughtful adjustments in our spending. Such decisions might help us eliminate spending from our budget that brings harm to ourselves, our neighbors, or our world. I love nativity scenes, and I have bought a few of them from 10,000 villages. And I've bought from them because they are beautiful, but also because they come directly from artists whose stories are on the packaging. I spend more than I would like to because I wanna support the maker. In the book, it says, Our economy and our society have accepted radical greed as the norm. And each of us somehow justifies the suffering of others that our lifestyle causes. The only sure remedy is a change of heart and the best place to begin is at the feet of the newborn Jesus. Are we willing to rethink the way that we use our wealth? Do we long to rediscover the beauty of true giving? And then put that in the context of energy and time. Can we rethink how we use our energy and time in this season and rediscover the beauty of true living?
1: If my slides were working and
2: I could be bothered to click through, I've got another one to show you that says, uh, Christmas doesn't need to look like a matching pajama ad or a scene from a Christmas movie. If you're gonna make it look like anything, make it look like love. That was a lady. that was tweeted by somebody called at blue jean lady. And I, am, I has nothing against a good set of match, matching pajamas. I love a good set of pajamas. <laughs> but can our spending look like love? Can our Christmas look like love?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Next week, Casey's gonna talk on the subject of give more. And I imagine he'll invite us to ask questions about um, about how we love more by giving more in this season, whilst we spend less. Or maybe spend more, but ultimately spend well. Um, I just want to read the part that Eden read from Mary's Magnificat this morning again. My spirit celebrates God, my liberator. God has noticed me. God's mercy flows in wave after wave. God's loving kindness endures. Those who are humble and lowly, God has elevated with dignity. The hungry, God has filled with fine food. So I wonder how might God use our mindfulness of our spending in this season to notice, to flow in mercy, to spread loving kindness, to dignify the poor and to feed the hungry. If we are flowing in mercy, spreading loving kindness, giving dignity to the poor and feeding the hungry, then we are probably spending well using all our resources, our time, our energy and our money. So let's pray. Jesus, it's a lot, but you are more and your arms are strong and your shoulders are broad to carry the load of people and planet. If our spending of our time, energy or money is out of whack and is hurting us, our neighbors or our planet then gently point us in the right direction. Show us how we might honor you on your birthday. The first Christmas was pretty simple. Show us how we can dial into that and make it the same for us. And Jesus, lead us in the party. We know that you were good at that too. Amen.